0: Well, welcome to another episode of On the Couch with myself, Henry Jennings, from Marcus Today. And today, I'm delighted to welcome Jake Henson. Now, Jake is the COO of Betmakers, which some of you will be very familiar with. B-E-T is the code there. And Jake has had a long career in the gaming industry. Uh, for one who looks so young, I've got to say, looking at the audio here, he's, uh, and the video that we've got, the stream that you can't see, he's, he's, a, he's a youngster. But uh, he's been in the industry for around 10 years in sports and wagering. And he's been a key member of the BetMakers team for more than four years. So uh, he's certainly an industry veteran in the gaming and sports wagering industry. He's also overseen the integration of the company's acquisitions, which have included dynamic odds and global betting services, as well as introducing these end-to-end product offerings to the bet clients. So he's going to be a great man to talk to. Really happy to have Jake here. Welcome, Jake. Yeah, thanks, Timmy great to be. Ah, It's a pleasure. Just before we uh, go on, uh, just the uh, normal disclaimer, this is all of course general advice only. So anything that Jake and I talk about, just remember to talk to your financial advisor about it. It is general advice only. So just be
1: aware of that. So let's kick things off. Jake, hi, how are you? bit going well and um, pretty lucky to be to be based in Oz at the moment, I think, considering what's happening around the world.
0: Yeah, so whereabouts are you based? Do you, Sydney or Melbourne or, or somewhere else? Newcastle is the
1: sort of corporate office, you could say. Uh, so that's
0: okay. uh, at HQ. And Newcastle's made a massive renaissance. I've been up there recently. It's fantastic up there now. It's great. Place to be based for the
1: last... 12 to 18 months when yeah certain parts of the world haven't been anywhere near as good so we've been very lucky
0: what maybe for some people that aren't really that familiar what bet makers does you
1: could outline sort of what the business is call us a conduit between a wagering operator and a rights holder or a racing body essentially that involves everything from a you know the full event life cycle of a race all the information the pricing the data that surrounds that particular race and connecting it obviously to, to the end user from a B2C standpoint that the wagering operators deal with. Um, so, we'd like to think we facilitate that racing betting through all of our software and hardware solutions. We're looking to increase the, the sports integrity, uh, the transparency around the turnover and the data associated with that. From a company standpoint, our, our sort of end game is to power the excitement of that racing and then hopefully grow the pie and the revenue for all the stakeholders downstream as a result of that.
0: When you look at the uh, the Mark Wahlberg ads with he's going to Ladbrook the world, <laughs> that, I mean, you, you guys are the sort of the, the, the nuts and bolts, the, the suppliers of, of the uh, the technology, I guess, that will enable the likes of Mark Wahlberg to Ladbrook the world. Are, they, are Ladbrook's one of your clients?
1: And, and Tain, uh, uh, a partner of ours in both Australia and, and the UK, and certainly, getting a, getting Marky Mark on board was a bit of a coup for the uh, Australian wagering landscape. Is probably the the highest profile ambassador that we've seen come out and promote a sports book on these shores for sure.
0: Yeah, it's it's a, it's a strange move for him. Obviously, um, it's uh, it's not about the money for Mark because he's certainly got plenty of that. But uh, yeah, it's strange to see him in those ads. I have got to say, but. Uh, uh,
1: quite a bit of fun. Yeah, I think part of the uh, uh the lure would have been a, a holiday to Australia in a, in in covid times when when the the Americas wasn't wasn't looking the flashes so I'm sure that was part of the part of the
0: package yeah there's a lot of celebrities uh around the place at the moment in byron and sydney and elsewhere because of uh that escape from america but uh, interesting anyway let's um what so what makes um betmakers unique what what gives you your kind of uh your usp in terms of the technology that you have to power the racing industry the
1: biggest thing is the australian racing market is obviously where we've had the most cut through over the past few years and the australian racing market's pretty mature in terms of where it's at relative to Global players, the integration of various forms of betting, uh, the, the balance between digital and retail. Uh, and because our technology is being able to scale and, and be widely deployed within that market, we think it's sort of really well positioned to be able to you know, get, get front and center in some of these emerging markets. Obviously, the US is one I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on today, but uh, there's going to be a consider- considerable amount of regulation in wagering globally. And race tracks, rights holders, governments are going to look to gather some revenue that's been sifting through the cracks and and package up their product in the best possible way and distribute it. So I think what we've learned here in Australia and what we've developed and been able to scale and and mature, uh, I think, is is going to be our catalyst for growth in those emerging markets.
0: So, okay, let's um, let's have a little look at what what are the emerging markets you're targeting. Obviously, the US is 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 huge, and that's hardly an emerging market, I guess. Maybe in, in racing, is that uh, something you consider as an emerging market? The yeah,
1: you know, the the US racing landscape at the moment is probably very similar to the Australian one 15 years ago, where it's currently tote only. Uh, the turnovers very similar to what Australia was about 15 years ago when all the the corporates arrived here in Australia and the Race Fields Act was was passed and, you know, that shift to digital started. Since then, the total pull or handle on Australian racing has 2.5x in 15 years and returns to stakeholders and industry participants has obviously increased dramatically through that period. Uh, So we think the US can obviously follow a, a very similar path. The only, I guess, ceiling differences there's obviously a lot more people in the states there's a lot more states so there's uh, different nuances around uh, regulation and and how the rollout of sports betting and fixed odd sports betting will occur but certainly uh, there's a lot of similarities and and what I touched on previously around it's the learnings from the market and how our technologies enabled operators to grow and scale quickly in this market we think we can apply uh, into the U.S. as they roll out you know, more legalised sports betting states and hopefully some legalised fixed odds racing off the back of that as well.
0: Because, of course, points bet's another one in your space, although a, a somewhat different company, which is making big inroads into the U.S. as well. When you look across at the U.S. landscape, are there any sort of competitors out there that are homegrown for them that uh, you need to um, neutralise or need to show that you're better than?
1: Question, when we get asked a little bit, uh, I'd like to think that there's no one that could rival our sort of overall end-to-end tech stack for racing, and that's sort of from, you know, point of sale all the way through to the nuts and bolts that happen in the back end. I think the other key point that we try to focus on as a business overall is our focus is around growing the pie and and that allows us to potentially partner with people or companies that would be perceived by some to be competitors and we think that's that is a better approach as to as opposed to the i guess status quo in a lot of these stale markets in terms of growth is everyone's fighting over the same pie and chipping away at each other and and hacking into margin whereas you know the, the real upside for us is to go into those markets and grow the overall figure And and grow with that figure. So uh, I think you could definitely sort of say that we're we're definitely the leader in the space in terms of our technology solutions. But you know there there is people that overlap with some of those solutions that we'd like to think of more as potential partners as opposed to competitors.
0: So do you guys have a a team in the US? Obviously, with COVID, it's pretty hard for for you and 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 your team in Newcastle to uh, to get over there. So do you have a team in the US that are handling things on the ground there?
1: Yeah, I've certainly been clocking up my fair share of Zoom hours. Yeah. The the Sportech acquisition, uh, which I'm sure we'll touch on at some stage, it has mm. brought about plenty more staff globally, including a team in the US. Uh, we have been alongside that gathering, gathering a team who's based in the US at the moment, given their, I guess, the rollout of the vaccine and I guess where they're at in their and the handling of, of COVID-19, that people are starting to move around a little bit more over there as well now. Uh, so hopefully mm. a little bit more face-to-face Obviously, the Kentucky Derby was last week and there seemed like there was 100,000 people shoulder to shoulder. So these type of things and people back at racetracks are going to accelerate that business again uh, and hopefully... For us, we can we can get on a plane sometime soon and, and start to meet with some of those clients and potential long-term customers.
0: Let's touch on sports tech then. Uh,
1: what um what, what does that acquisition bring to the table for you guys? A lot of new potential customers. Obviously, they're existing customers within that sport tech framework. But what it does do on top of that is it creates a tremendous amount of upsell and cross-sell opportunities with the complementary bet products and services. So that loosely speaking, I would say that we bring a lot of strengths on the software sense and, and they had a lot of hardware infrastructure. So together, I think we can create a pretty compelling offering. Uh, obviously, we see a lot of upside in in upgrading and expanding that hardware network and point of sale technology to more modern solutions. Obviously, we've got an invest first mindset for that market because we do want to grow the pie and attract new players. And accessing that that list of customers is a huge thing. I think we've got over 200 global customers now in 30 different countries so the matrix there it's all about coloring in the squares and and trying to get it to run as deep as possible
0: it's funny isn't it when we when we think of the u.s we always think of it at the forefront of technology and when i've spoken to people in the fintech sector for instance the u.s is so far behind us in some respects in terms of their banking system and and how you transfer money and their use of checks and those sorts of things is it the same in your business with the technology around uh, racing and gaming in, in both uh,
1: aspects it's on a racing standpoint it, it's towed only there is uh, still a lot of point of sale and at racetrack debt's being sold as opposed to the sort of the digital shift we've seen here in australia i think i touched on it previously but when you're in a market where there's not um, Not a lot of growth. Inevitably, the players in the market are chipping away at each other and chipping it away at each other's margins. There's not a lot of cash filtering through to the bottom line to reinvest in innovation and iteration and all all these new things. And I I think that's what's played out a little bit in the States. And obviously, what we've seen here in Australia is a dramatic shift in new products and new technology. And hopefully, if we can grow that pie and start to distribute some revenue across the business and invest in some new things that we can accelerate that change. And we think that that we're best positioned amongst anyone in the world to to give that a bit of a kickstart over there.
0: So uh, as far as the um, the technology changes go, Jake, what do you think the next, you know, is there any specifics that you can point to and say, well, this is the new trend in, in the technology around uh, racing and gaming wagering? Is this something that you, got, you guys are obviously at the forefront of this? But what do you see as the new trends for me as a punter? What's, what's going to appeal to me, I guess, when I go to the racetrack?
1: Digital shift, for sure. Uh, I think that'll place pressure on the retail solutions to either re- reinvent or reposition themselves. I think traditionally it's been, you know, you, you walk up to a venue or a, a point of sale and you place your bet and then you do your best after that. I think that'll have to become much more of an experience and a reason for someone to keep their mobile phone in their pocket or, or not open their laptop to place a bet. Mm. I think we've seen seen that start to dabble in certain areas around the world. I know Entain have started to do so in some of their high street betting shops. In the UK, we've seen Penn do a partnership with Barstool and and probably reposition the way people bet in a sports book. And I think that'll be one of the big things we see over the next two years, not only here in Australia, but, but globally. In Australia, we've obviously got a funding model that's fairly mature now. And obviously, industry revenues are at an all-time high there is things like animal welfare and integrity concerns that that will be an increased focus. And I think how technology can play a part in solving those issues or or managing those issues will be an important piece here in Australia because we are quite mature. Whereas in the US, for example, I think it'll be more rapid deployment of bedding products and content. So in the US, they'll start betting on international races a lot more. There'll be different bet types. There'll be fixed odds. There'll be, uh, I guess, all the things that punters here in Australia have enjoyed for the last 10 years, You know, odds boosts and promotions and that type of thing, that, that will roll out. Whereas, yeah, Australia, being a little bit more mature, will probably be a bit more of an industry focus, I believe. It
0: always fascinates me because you, you kind of think that one day we'll get to the stage where we do away with the horses, the jockeys and the racetracks, and it's just all done by AI, and there'll be virtual races and, and we will just bet on those using the form from virtual races in the past. Is, is that a future that um, that you see
1: at some stage? A really delicate balance that racing globally has to maintain between, I guess, appealing to that rank and file person who loves the animal and loves the spectacle and all the interests with the sport, but also polishing it from the outside so it is a professional, well-run sport that's got integrity, transparency. Mm-hmm pays its way etc so it, it got to be very careful obviously that balance to, to not give away the essence and the character of the sport because you obviously as more technology enters that, that is a risk I don't think it's a certainly not an issue uh, in the short term or my tenure in the industry I wouldn't think but certainly there will be virtual racing already does exist so it will continue to be a product that people enjoy I think there is always a place for uh, that full experience of the the unprecedented and, and unscripted of of live racing well let's hope so it's
0: uh it's certainly a lot more fun that way now now jake looking at um going back to bet makers um you guys have got a pretty big cash balance at the moment obviously that some of that goes towards the sport tech acquisition what, what, what are you planning to do with that cash
1: yeah it'd certainly open up the playbook a little bit from from where we were previously they touched on a few of the ways within the sport tech business that, that there is some low-hanging fruit around some capex to refresh and update hardware solutions there's a considerable amount of uh, ADW, which is sort of a digital betting platform in the US market with, with tote features. So certainly we want to give that a bit of a refresh and in some cases uh, replace, uh, which will obviously be, be met with uh, with happiness from existing customers. But we think that can help to, to write more bets essentially and to provide a better experience. And as a business, we want to tie ourselves to that growth. So that will be certainly a piece of that. Beyond that, we're obviously looking at complementary pieces be it a partnership or piece of technology uh, or a business so we're certainly looking into that both domestically and internationally not rushing into anything at the moment because we've got enough on our plate as it is with the uh sportech completion and then obviously that in the first 90 days is integral to to get some runs on the Mm -hmm. board with the new company
0: now now we're obviously going to have to touch on this because you've got a a a new strategic investor is a bit of a um, guru in the the wagering and gaming industry, Matthew Tripp. That's obviously, that's really kind of turbocharged your share price to a great extent. What was that done at 75 cents from memory? And having him on board is 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 a major coup, I guess, for you guys. How's that changed things? What's he bringing to the table that uh, you just
1: go, wow, we could have done this years ago if we'd had you involved? Yeah, He's obviously a quality operator, uh, someone that we've dealt with previously and a lot of the management team have as well. I think ultimately it was a really good endorsement of, know what we've been doing at the technology the business model we put forward matt's obviously got a wealth of experience in a number of fields but has scaled to very large b2c businesses in the australian market of which we we're a, a, a customer he was one of our customers so he, he understands i guess you know what a tier one corporate entity needs in terms of a, a b2b solution so certainly we'll, we'll be leaning on that feedback to, to tweak our products and our offering to ensure that we're best positioned to you know have long-term partnerships with the likes of Flutter and Entain and these guys who are in multiple markets and and have a growing piece of the of the market share. We've got similar views, um, Matt and, and our exec team, on sort of what an ideal world looks like for, for racing, both here in Australia and, and globally. So certainly working closely with him to achieve as much of that as we possibly can through the application of the technology and some strategic investment. So we're obviously in a really Really strong position having that on board and, and obviously team with Matt Davey uh, in the US market. So, yeah, both in our corner and very helpful to navigate the uh, the inevitable challenges you have with scaling up and, and rolling into different markets.
0: He's a great man to have in your corner, that's for sure. Looking at, um, you know, Tabcorp at the moment, they're going through a strategic review, another one, and uh, they're wagering business and there's obviously been some talk in the market about, you know, his involvement in that. And, and that's anything you can um, sort of tell our listeners about um, that side of things. I don't, I don't want to get you into any trouble, but um, anything that you're you're happy to um, to share in terms of how Tabcorp are going through their strategic review and what it could mean, for, I guess what it could mean for you guys, really.
1: I'm not sure of what's occurring within their review, but certainly uh, from someone of, of Matt's perspective, he would be, you know, be the number one draft pick, but he'd be certainly on, on the list of, of any wagering uh, operator in Australia if you were looking to vent things or or shake things up a little bit. So uh, it's not surprising that at all that he's been linked to to that. Mm. Um, he's, as I said, he's a very very good operator who understands what it takes to scale a business, but he also understands the intricacies of the Australian racing market, and there are a lot, particularly around balance with with funding the racing industry and then also obviously applying a sports book and a, a retail product etc i mean in terms of what it could mean for us obviously we like to operate in the background and build solutions that make things much easier for operators uh, much easier to scale obviously there's some cost considerations in that as well and, and we think that you know, whether it be that situation or another one that our technology can be applied and, and make a material impact to those businesses so part of having someone like that on board is developing those solutions so that they can be ready to to capture a large opportunity wherever that may be.
0: The other the other thing, I guess, is we've, we've been through a, an extraordinary, uh, well, last year or so, it's, it's over a year now, isn't it, since COVID first reared its ugly head. And a lot of consumer patterns have changed through COVID. So there's been some winners and there's some, been some losers. And I guess sports betting and, and gaming generally has been one of the winners from COVID. A lot of people have been bored sitting at home thinking about what to do is this this something that you've seen in your business and and more importantly i guess is this once we get through covid at some stage is this a trend that's going to continue or is this just a transitory kind of move to the the digital gaming expansion
1: accelerated that inevitable digital transformation in the industry there's no doubt about that and you know opportunities and and projects that operators were had on the back burner or on the whiteboard somewhere, all of a sudden become front and centre at a necessity. So certainly that I mean played into our hands in the sense that those forward-looking products is what we've been working on and, and what we've been trying to plan plan to capture. So it's, it's obviously been a strong 12 to 18 months for our business, partly to do with obviously that what you've outlined, that shift to digital and partly to do with just timing and the evolution of where our solutions were at that given time. Uh, I think here in Australia, I think Race Victoria last week noted 30% growth year on year. That's certainly not sustainable overall figures and perhaps a moderate growth rate is, but ultimately when it comes to any wagering or gaming product, it is really dependent on product fees, point of consumption, industry margin, and all those other things that that impact uh, the bottom line. So I would say here in Australia, our racing industry will come back a peg, and it's just about probably trying to get to that sustainable growth rate again, but certainly enjoy the spoils of what has been a, a fruitful sort of 12 to 18 months of revenue, that's for
0: sure. It certainly has, hasn't it? There have been a lot of winners uh, out of COVID, surprising winners, and it's, it really has accelerated that digital transformation, as you say. So in terms of bet makers, it's a stock that we own in the Marcus Today Growth Fund. Uh, and in the SMA. So it's certainly something that we've been watching and investing in for a little while. Why should some of our members that may be coming late to this story of of BET betmakers? makers, why should they be uh, investing in in the stock? I've done it briefly
1: earlier, but I'd say we're we're armed with the learnings of the mature racing market that is Australia. And we've got some clear path globally where we think we can apply those learnings in the technology. The technology is largely developed. Uh, it's proven to be scalable. It's proven to apply to large corporate wagering operators like the Flutters and the Entains. We think that there's going to be a growing shift to regulation and, and mature markets globally. So we want to tie ourselves to that. There's a clear gap in the market for the solutions that we bring to the table. And I think more important than any of that is the the strong team we've, we've assembled. Uh, it's been a busy 12 to 18 months, but along with all the new deals and the growth, we've been able to, to grab a lot of talent and talent from around Australia and the world that you know we've identified over a period of time to be people that are like-minded and, and share our vision. So that's the really exciting part and, and the fact that we get to work with that team and, and solve mm-hmm. problems together is you know is why you go to work and why you get excited, excited about things.
0: So Jake is there anything that keeps you up at night in terms of uh, the business that is? Uh, is there anything that sort of worries you risks on the horizon that you see well, you know this this could really affect our business is something changed either regulatory or or maybe competitor wise anything out there that yeah. concerns you? Yeah, I was going to say it
1: keeps me up at night's normally notifications on the phone from the from the US and the UK or uh, <laughs> or uh, <laughs> or a 4 a.m. rambling from the CEO with an idea or something, but a lot less now than previous. Part of that is due to the strong team that we've been able to assemble that can own verticals and products. And and when you've got that strong team around you, you obviously have comfort that things are going to get done and things are going to get done well, so you can focus on on what you need to do. Obviously, that's a bit of a cliche, but I'm a big believer in that control of things that we can and, and worry about the peripheral things if and when they pop up. And that's certainly an internal focus. So yeah, long story short, I'm probably getting a little bit more sleep now than what I was 18 months ago. Well, that, that's good to hear.
0: Well, just um, I was just going to finish up with asking you for a, a tip in Flemington this afternoon, but uh, we won't go there. But you're obviously obvious gaming and racing expert throughout your career and, and clearly passionate about the business. Are there any other companies out there that you look at and go, wow, these guys are really doing the right thing? And, you know, we should be, even from a personal point of view, look at it and think, oh, I should put some money in there because these guys, whether they're Australian or not, doesn't, doesn't really matter. Is there anybody out there that you see and you think, wow, okay, this looks a good
1: investment opportunity, something to keep an eye on? Yeah, I think what Penn has done with the Basel Sports acquisition and then that integration of the media content brand and asset into Wagering is really interesting. I, I don't think that'd be the first time we see that globally. You know, the ship might have sailed on that one, but I'd certainly be looking mm-hmm. for something something similar. Uh, as a company and and as Aussies, I guess, we're certainly cheering for PointsBet, who have, who have had a massive few years, and you know, they're, they're good partners of ours here in Australia and, and will be in the States as, as we roll out our product there. Beyond that, I think I'd probably be looking to target those sort of small to mid-caps who might be, I guess, acquisition targets for the large corporate players in the US. I think. Every day I wake up to a, another acquisition in the States, a pretty healthy multiples. So I'd be looking to target those guys who can specialise in a niche and provide a service that, you know, the big corporates will happily pay a, a hefty convenience charge to, to bolt into their offering or potentially take away from some of their competitors. So I think that's where you get the, uh, I guess, the, the real big wins. Beyond that, obviously, you know, Entain and Flutter are, are well-positioned to, scoop up a, a large chunk of that u.s market share for
0: sure jake it's been absolutely delightful talking to you today and i thank you for sharing your time and your wisdom in the gaming industry it's been uh it's been really informative and i'm sure our members are going to feel the same way about bet makers as we do in the growth portfolio that we run so thanks very much jake really enjoy speaking to you today
1: okay,